This is a CBC Podcast. This is Canada Reads, Canada's annual title fight. Hello, I'm Ali Hassan, the host of Canada Reads, and this is a special podcast to get you ready for the latest edition of the Great Canadian Book Debate. 2023 marks the 22nd edition of Canada Reads, and this year's theme is One Book to Shift Your Perspective. In the mix this year, we have four novels and one graphic memoir. The contenders are Ducks by Kate Beaton, Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mendel, Hotline by Dimitri Nasrallah, Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia, and Greenwood by Michael Christie, which will be championed by actor and director Keegan Connor Tracy. And that's the book we're going to look at more closely on this episode. In Greenwood, it's the year 2038, and Jake Greenwood works as a tour guide on a remote island in a world that has suffered from an environmental collapse. From there, the novel takes you back in time as you learn more about Jake, her family, and how secrets and lies can have an impact for generations. Here's the trailer. The Greenwood family is like a tree with the rings growing ever outward. Brothers Harris and Everett were loggers bound by tragedy. But they split apart and followed their own paths. Willow was a tree-hugging activist, running from her father's shadow and pruning away past sins. Liam was a woodworker who turned reclaimed wood into art, defined and undone by sacrifice and solitude. And tree scientist and nature guide Jake must find her way in a withering world before it's too late. The Greenwoods are rooted, hardy, they stand tall. But what binds them all isn't blood, it isn't their name, it's fate. Greenwood came out in 2019. It won the Arthur Ellis Award for Best Novel and was longlisted for the Giller Prize that year. And now it's on Canada Reads. Michael Christie was on the next chapter to talk to columnist Ryan B. Patrick about Greenwood. Here is part of that conversation. Hello, Michael, and welcome back to the next chapter. Hi, Ryan. Thanks. It's uh, good to be back. So Greenwood is your 2019 novel. It is on Canada Reads 2023. What are you thinking or feeling when when you found out? Uh, surprise. <laughs> First of all, uh, and, and excitement. I mean, it's really such a great uh, contest. Should I call it a contest? I don't know what to call it. <laughs> it's but the it's, great it's a, book debate. Okay, the great book debate. Um, <laughs> it's it's a great it's a great honor. There's some other really wonderful books on there, and so yeah, I'm just I'm just happy. Mm-hmm. So I was thrilled to revisit Greenwood. The book begins in 2038 in the aftermath of an environmental crisis known as the Great Withering. What is the Great Withering? Yeah, the Great Withering um, is a, a sort of calamity that I imagined that uh, is comprised of a, a wave of fungal blights, fires, and other environmental factors that decimate the world's forests and leaving only sort of a few stands of 
forests remaining around the world. Unfortunately, this calamity didn't require that much imagination. <laughs> I mean, the, the 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 evidence of the beginnings of the great weathering are already around us. I mean, we think of trees as these wonderfully resilient organisms, and they are. They live long, they tower over us, they're beautiful beyond measure, but at the same time, they're finely tuned to their microclimate, to the climate zones that they live in. And so they're actually very vulnerable uh, mm. to the effects of climate change. And so, you know, on the island uh, where I wrote this book, Galliano Island, you know, many, many western red cedars, beautiful, beautiful trees are already dying due to drought stress. So it's a work of imagination, but unfortunately, it's also not. The novel has a distinct take on like family and generations. So we're talking about the Greenwood family. We're looking at Jake, Harris, Everett, Willow, Liam. They're all interconnected to each other and the land. Who are the Greenwoods? Who are they indeed is the question that the novel presents uh, and hopefully doesn't present an answer. But they are a collection of individuals who are associated as a family. Um, they all have the last name Greenwood and they all live in different generations that the novel tracks and, and describes. And so Jake Greenwood is a, or Jacinda Greenwood is a uh, scientist who uh, worked on the early stages of studying the interconnectedness of forests, particularly Douglas firs. Liam Greenwood is a sort of an itinerant carpenter who is struggling with his own issues like addiction, who does reclaimed wood installations in, in you know, bars, restaurants, and the homes of the wealthy. Harris Greenwood is a lumber tycoon, kind of modeled after someone like H.R. McMillan. Everett Greenwood is a World War I veteran, very damaged person who goes on a journey across Canada for reasons I won't get into. But so <laughs> they're all related in that they're related by family designation, but then they're also related in their love and appreciation of forests and trees. So Greenwood obviously has me thinking a lot about the trees. We're talking about the sky-high spires of Douglas fir as depicted in the novel. We take them for granted pretty much in terms of how they outlive us, how they sustain us. How do the characters in the novel regard life and mortality in Greenwood? You're so right that we do take them for granted. I want to touch on that first. If a scientist this year said, I've solved climate change, I've created a organism that replicates itself, that's, that traps carbon, that produces oxygen, that cleans mm. the air, that provides us with fruit and building materials, and we don't need to do anything, it just will continue to spread across the earth, they would be heralded as a genius. Yeah. Uh, it would be Nobel, Nobel Prize time. We do take trees for granted, and, and hopefully this book can reawaken a reader to their complexity and their beauty and their majesty. So the sec second part of your question, mortality, the very fact that trees live so long really kind of puts a wonderful scale on our lives, mm -hmm. and, it, and it shows us just how short our lives truly are. And I think that that kind of measuring stick can really impel us to savor the time we have, the hopefully hundred years we have, which to a tree is nothing, but to us is everything. Yeah. And there's a powerful quote in the book. It says, time is not an arrow. And it, as it weaves through these different intergenerational traumas or time periods, we're looking at the 2030s, 1900s, 1970s, and so on. 
it just has me thinking about the choices and the sacrifices that people in the past make, how it impacts us in the present, whether we like it or not. So what did you want to say about that in terms of the, the choices of the past and how they impact the future of these characters? Yeah, I mean, that's a huge theme of the book. Prior to the writing of this novel, I lost both of my parents. And I also had two children. So it was very, you know, obviously a very wonderful and difficult time to see these two beloved people leave the stage of life Mm. and see these two equally beloved people come on to the stage of life. And so it really got me thinking about my place in this intergenerational chain and thinking about intergenerational relationships and inheritances. It's a big theme of the book. And, mm. and, and also, of course, traumas, too. You know, the way that pain and, and, and suffering and dysfunction can be passed from generation to generation is something that interests me a great deal, especially in my work. And so, I mean, I was thinking about time and thinking <laughs> about generations a whole lot. And, you know, as it often happens, it made its way into my, into my work. Right. What's your take on writing about hope when we're thinking about environmental decline and economic insecurity? Is there room for hope here? Yeah, I think there there must be. It's easy when you really dig into the data to be presented with a very dark picture of where we're going and the sort of inevitability of what's happening. But at the same time, I think hope is an imperative and hope is a responsibility, especially as someone who has children we must not just give up. Right. And hopefully this book, I mean, while presenting a kind of very broken view of the future, it presents some strategies and some forces that can hopefully allow us to avoid that future. I mean, and I'm thinking particularly of our our community building, our interconnectedness, you know, sort of selflessness when it comes to helping those we love. And that's something that's demonstrated again and again in the book. Right. Thanks, Michael. I really appreciate your time and congrats again on having Greenwood on Canada Reads 2023. Thanks again. This was, this was a lot of fun. That was Greenwood author Michael Christie in conversation with Ryan B. Patrick on the next chapter. And championing Greenwood is someone you may know for playing a magical fairy. I hear your wish. You don't need to wish it so loudly. Well, hello, my fellow readers. Championing Greenwood is Keegan Connor Tracy. Keegan is an actor and director who starred in Once Upon a Time as the Blue Fairy, and in Disney's Descendants franchise as Queen Belle. Keegan sat down with Elamine Abdul-Mahmoud on commotion to discuss why she chose Greenwood for Canada Reads. You've been a big bookworm your whole life. Uh, Tell me, when did you first fall in love with books? I, just from the time I was a little kid, you know, I, I think my mom worked a lot. I was a typical kid of the 80s, latchkey kid. And it was just, we didn't have money. And so that was just the simplest way to escape. And, and I would just pick up like whatever book I could find. So I was reading well above my pay grade when I was far too young. You know, Stephen King, I blame you. 
You know what? That can create something kind of cool later in life in the sense that you're like, you know what? I've been around these troubling ideas for a really long time and you're just kind of comfortable with them. I think that's kind of, I think that's great. I think all kids should yeah. be doing that. Don't you? But it can also give you nightmares when you're you know, 10 years old and reading Salem's Lot. It's, it's <laughs> all little, right. That's true. It's a Don't, little far. <laughs> all right. People shouldn't take parenting advice from me on the air. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> Keegan, you've been preparing for Canada Reads. Take us mm-hmm. behind the curtain. What is it like preparing for the big book debate? Honestly, I was saying to somebody the other day that I feel like I should be getting an honorary lit degree. Hello, Laurier, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, U of T is also good. You know, it really does. It feels, <clears throat> excuse me, like I'm preparing for a university exam. I just am deep dive on all of these books. I'm on my second pass of all of them and taking constant notes and tabbing. And, you know, I'm, I'm forming my arguments as I go along <laughs> and just, um, and also really looking at my book in depth and looking at where my competitors, my fellow champions might be poking their holes in my yeah. story you know well you, you actually i want to come back to your book in just a moment because i think what you've highlighted is something kind of important and people don't necessarily appreciate about the preparation of candidates which is you got to read all the books because you got to be mm-hmm. prepared to actually talk to you know speak to each book as you're championing one book so it's not just you with one book and saying i would get to know just this one book and none oh, of the no. others right Right. And and further to that, like even there was an email earlier, you know, a couple of weeks ago that was saying, please make sure that you've read all the books by, you know, this date in March. And I was like, I read all the books in January and I'm on my second version of <laughs> reading all these books. Like I couldn't imagine having only read them once at this point in time. You know, I really want to be able to speak intelligently about all of them. Yeah. Uh, well, the book that you're championing is called Greenwood. It's by Michael Christie. Uh, let's talk about what made you connect with this book. Oh, gosh, I just thought it was such a wonderful book. Um, And I was really thinking, how can I say to every Canadian across the board, this is a book that you can find something in which you can relate. Um, And I just felt like because it spans the country and it sort of mirrors the history of Canada and Mm. it is, you know, it truly feels like, you know, so often our stories, especially me as an actor in the past, the stories, even if they're filmed here, they they always take place somewhere else. Mm. And so for me, I really love when a story takes place here, that it's one of, you know, quote unquote, our stories. And um, I just really felt that about Greenwood. It just screams Canada. It's also, I should say, you, one of the difficult tasks ahead of you is you got to convince the nation to read the longest book, I think, in the, in the collection, true. right? Yes, yes. But I will say, it, you know, it has this beautiful center that is a tale that you really just are so engaged with the, the intergenerational story of this family. And there's a chase across the country and there's a bit of a mystery and there's a, you know, this wonderful hero, this complicated hero, Everett, that you can't help but root for, even though he has a very checkered past. And I just, I think it's one of those books you can get really lost in, particularly through, the, you know, the big center well, listen, Keegan, we know you as an actor, but also you're a director. So if you could adapt Greenwood, let's talk about oh. a TV adaptation or a film. Which approach would you think you'd take? Oh, merciful heavens. I was already like working on the pitch of like how I could pitch <laughs> to make Greenwood. Um, it, it is an epic. So I would say it would be a really fantastic television series. It, I think it's too much for a film. So I would make it a TV series. And, you know, I, I, I was saying to somebody that I would really like to play Temple. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it would make a brilliant TV series. Why Temple? I just think she was so strong. And so I loved the way that even at a time when women did not stand on their own necessarily, Mm. uh, you know, both as being unmarried and also sort of standing up to the powers that be, she always did that. And she was really true to 
her her history in terms of taking care of the what other people would call vagrants coming through but it really mm. makes you look at those people differently and how she treats them and and what they do for her in the end i thought was just so beautiful i love everything about that keegan thank you so much for being on the show today Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. And uh, I look forward to the whole thing with everybody. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Yes. Ah! That was Keegan Connor Tracy talking to Elamine Abdul Mahmoud on commotion about her Canada Reed selection, Greenwood, by Michael Christie. Keegan is one of five panelists on Canada Reads this year. You can learn more about the other four and their chosen books in the other episodes of this podcast. But let's wrap this episode by hearing from Keegan one more time. This is her one-minute pitch for Greenwood. Trace outward the rings of the Greenwood family tree in this rich generational story which mirrors that of the country it spans and is as beautiful and complicated. It's filled with heartache and deception, fierce loyalty and terrible betrayal, and always with Canada as its backdrop. Both family and country gorgeous and flawed, built by hard work but sullied by ambition and greed. Its vivid imagery takes us on a tense chase from teeming eastern tenements through the big sky prairies to the staggering rainforests of the west. It juxtaposes opulent wealth with desperate poverty and challenges us to face the perils we leave to future generations if we fail to heed this cautionary tale. A gorgeously wrought story of love and betrayal, longing and grief, tenacity and courage. Sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees, and that is as true of the things that divide us as families as of those that can divide a nation. We must heal the past and protect the future to flourish, because like the trees central to this book, we are deeply interconnected, and our roots grow deep. That was Keegan Connor Tracy making her case for why Greenwood by Michael Christie is the one book all of Canada should read. Keegan and Greenwood are one of the five contenders on Canada Reads this year. Canada Reads takes place March 27th to the 30th. You can find out more about this year's contenders at cbcbooks.ca. I'm Ali Hassan. This is the Canada Reads pre-show podcast. Until next time, read on, Canada. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.